Welcome back to another episode of the Statues Podcast. I'm your host, Danang. And I'm your co-host, Crystal. For today's episode, um, we're just going to jump right into the clip. Advice for people in their 20s. Gosh. Being in your 20s is hard. There's a lot of pressure to zero in on like your passion in life and what you want to do and, and to make sure that it's really fulfilling and that you're going to love it and that you're really great at it and that you can make a lot of money at it. It's just, it's tough. Like the general roadmap seems to be go to school, get the perfect job, get married, maybe have a kid, stay out of debt, buy a house. Like there's all these pressures that kind of feel impossible to keep up with all of them. So here's something that's a bit more flexible. Just get good at what interests you. Like if there's something in the moment that you find really engaging, learn everything you can about it and try to get as competent as you can to just that thing. It doesn't really have to be your passion. It doesn't have to be something that would turn into a career. Like for a long time, I was really interested in like tropical plants and pottery and a bunch of stuff that I don't use now. But you know what I also did a lot of? Photography and making videos and reading philosophy and psychology. Um, public speaking courses at you know college that I didn't think I would use. So I didn't know this would be my job. I didn't know I'd be making TikTok and Instagram and YouTube videos for people on psychology. I didn't figure that out until I was like 27 that I was even going to be a therapist, you know? So I don't know, collect things, collect competencies and skills and interests and put them in your belt. And some of them you're going to use, some of them you're not going to use. But what you're doing is you're practicing the mental like muscle memory of getting good at things and what it looks like to invest all of your interest and really expand your understanding of something and then learn how to utilize it to make something beautiful and good in the world. That's a skill. And that's actually a skill you can practice by just engaging things that are interesting. Uh, some of the you know particulars are gonna be more or less helpful, but when you actually do get down the road then you find something that you wanna take on for your career, you're gonna have the competency of getting good at things. I, fe- I actually fell upon that clip uh, maybe like 15 minutes before we started this podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah. And um, when I fell upon that clip, I wish I had fallen upon it maybe like seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah, seven or eight years ago. Just because no one tells you that. You're given this blueprint in life from your parents or you see this blueprint in life and you're expected to follow this blueprint. Mm -hmm. You go to school, you're going to get a career, you're going to have a family, you're going to have kids. That's it. That's the blueprint of life. That's true. You know, my mom always said, you know, finish school. Then after you graduate, you're going to work and then you're going to find a husband or or like a boyfriend. You're going to date. You're going to get married, have kids, have a car, have a house. Mm -hmm. And it's just like these things are like steps, steps to like a long list that we have to accomplish in like that order. Like for me personally, anyways, that's what it felt like. I think a lot of people feel that right is this blueprint is so universal. Like, and I wish I had someone that told me that earlier. For myself, it took me a long time for me to figure that out. And I had to figure that out on my own. And, you know, like, if I, w- if I had been taught this in school, or if I was taught this earlier in my life, I feel like the pressures of not knowing what to do mm-hmm. would have come a lot easier. Yeah, like, I feel like maybe we could have, like, for me personally, because when you say that, I know how you feel, because then I feel like I would have handled it much better. Yeah. And, you know, like, you tell me that all the time, too, but it's so different from hearing it from you, someone that I trust, and, you know, like, I value your opinion, but then when it comes to that, sometimes I'm very stubborn, and I'm like, okay, I want to hear it from somebody else. Yeah. You know, had, it's like you said, had I been taught that in school or a teacher told me or like a guidance counselor, I would have probably approached school differently and enjoyed it better. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that. Once again, you know, I've talked about the school system and how I'm I, I don't really like it just because the school when you go to school, school doesn't teach you. Like flexibility. Yeah. They teach you like, oh, if you're good at math, you should do math. If you're good at science, you should do science. And these are things that when I was in school, that's what it was like. Mm -hmm. And 
anything else after that was almost like frowned upon. Like being in contact, holding a camera, it was almost like frowned upon. And you could feel that pressure as a kid. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, it leads it leads you to become a, this rebellious kid who's constantly chasing to do his own thing. And it feels like you're fighting against the world. And, you know, like, yeah, it's got its perks, but it's also, it also has a huge downfall. And just like in the clip, you know, like, he didn't figure out what he wanted until he was 27. And, man, once it took me, yeah, almost almost when I was 27, to be okay with... To be okay with just not knowing. Mm -hmm. Because I was so content with doing everything. Like, I went to school for, you know, and a lot of people don't know this part about me, but when I was in high school, I used to do, like, a huge bunch of stuff. So in grade Mm -hmm. nine, you know, I was doing... Uh, stuff for computers and then in grade 10 and 11 i was oh no in grade 10 i was into robotics and then in grade 11 i got into film and then it was yeah. after i got into film that i consistently found that passion and stayed in it but you had like a you had a teacher that was able to guide you and show you that it's not just about you know propping it on a tripod shoot and film that's it there was so many other things that he opened up a lot of doors for not only you but a lot of his students taking his class so that's why you enjoyed it and you i feel like that was also a part of the reason why you pursued it too i pursued it because of the teacher and you know what like i i do want to say his name just because like he was such a huge influence not only on me but the many students that took his class and a lot of the students that took his class continued film and strived in it and we as students looked up to those kids who looked up to my teacher there. And uh, his name is Richard Sluice. He was one of the best teachers. One of the most selfless teachers. A lot of what he did, you know, and anything that he did do, or like the money that he had, he invested it himself. Not, not from the school. The school, like the school barely gave him anything. A lot of the stuff that he had, he invested by himself into the programs and you know as students a lot of students actually respected him because of the initiative that he took to give us as students opportunities Mm -hmm. and i'm not just talking about simple opportunities i'm talking about paid opportunities he would he would find us like corporate gigs so we would go we would go make commercials you would come back to school we like we would shoot it, edit it, direct it, everything. Mm-hmm. Come back, finish it, put it on DVD, and then like sell it. And these were opportunities that that teacher gave us, mm-hmm. and I was super grateful for it because that, like, I think that's what started the 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 roadworks for me of why I wanted to do certain things and the way I wanted to do certain things. I saw this man who didn't have to do this. But when he did, you know, I had other teachers to reference where they were kind of just like, yo, fuck this kid. Mm-hmm. And that's how I saw uh, that's how I saw school was almost like, yo, these teachers don't give a shit about you. They're here for the paycheck. They're going to work for the paycheck. And then at the end of the day, like if you fail, you fail. And it don't matter. That's true because it's not... Because at that point, if you're not doing your job, it's not on them. Yeah. But, you know, Sluice was different. Mr. Sluice was always one of those guys who was like, yo, let me sit down with you. Let me let me actually have a conversation with you. And some of the things that I really enjoyed about him was like, some of the things that we did after school wasn't even working. We would just sit at a table with him and we would just talk. And it was about regular life shit. He would talk about how he got into it, why he loved film and television so much. He got personal with you guys and allowed you guys, like if you were having troubles at home or something like that, you could talk to him about it. It was, 
I feel like he was that type of teacher, like a personal teacher. Not oh, only were extremely. you just a number and a name, yeah. like on his attendance sheet, you were a person that a regular student that was going through normal things, and you know, that's that. Like he just he treated you as a person, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed that, and that's what paved the road for me because as I started going to college. You know, we we focused and honed in on a very specific part of television. Mm-hmm. So we started doing news. But as I got there, I didn't like it. I didn't like the simple fact of just putting things on a tripod. You let it be. You do one thing. That's it. Because when I was in Sluice's class, he let us do a lot of things. We did music videos. We did random stupid commercials. <laughs> we did... Random effects videos. And this is what was cool. And that was when I kind of just decided for myself, like, no, I'm, I'm going to try different things. And it was the trial and error of trying different things that allowed for me to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Not many people can say that, you know, they had the opportunity to go and do such a wide variety of work. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that what's that artist's name that I, I uh, Sean Desmond yeah Sean Desmond I had the opportunity to work as a videographer for Sean Desmond when I was in college but I didn't do it just because I was still in school and had I known had I known more about how the world operated and how everything else in the world worked, I felt like if I had been given that chance, I probably would have. Mm-hmm. I probably would have just quit school and left. Just because being given opportunities to do different things and 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 do what I was passionate about during the time because what you're passionate about now, you're not going to be passionate about a year from now. That's true. You know, like... Because you're a different person. You find different you grow. interests. Yeah. yeah, you grow. And these are things that it's okay. You know, like for me, right? I have always been passionate about music. I'd always been passionate about film. I'd always been passionate about helping people. Mm-hmm. But this passion for music also almost like fell out. But I had the skills. Yep. But my passion for helping people never stopped. So I used the passion for music and the skills that I learned from music to help people who were doing music. Yeah. And this is what I mean is like, look, every skill set that you learn along the way in life eventually comes back to be used for something else. And it helps you figure out what you want to do with your life. The skills that I learned from being a videographer and doing music allowed for me to build a company where I could offer these services to my artists and help them become who they wanted to be and just looking at the smiles on their faces when they have the finished product this is a joy that not many people understand Mm -hmm. this is a joy that i feel all the time when i help people look i never would have thought that i would be running events that i would be doing music that i would be podcasting that i would have done uh news stuff that i would have done music video stuff never in my life but here i am sitting at the age of 29 uh, 28 29 here being able to look back on my life and i can name you off everything i've done and how everything is now attributed to why and how it's helped me up to this point mm-hmm. because when I had the opportunities to try things, I tried it. And I, and that's when I started to understand, yo, the way this world works isn't the way we all thought it was going to be. And no one told you that. Yeah. That, you know, school always says, oh, we're, par- we're preparing you for once you leave yeah. this, these walls. We're preparing you for life, you know. But then when you step out into it, even if you decide not to pursue, you know, higher education and you just step out, it's totally different from what school was teaching you. You know, you, I, I don't want to say it like this, but like for me, I'm like, 
like a very dumb, naive girl, you know, who thinks, yeah, school is preparing me for mm-hmm. what is going to happen outside. And that whatever it is, I'm going to be able to tackle it and and be okay, you know? So that, but then once you leave, you realize, shit, none of whatever it is that we learned in school applied to us. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. Like, it made no sense at all. And, you know, I, I- I just want to say, right, it, this doesn't go for everyone, okay? There are some, like my sister, who they go to school. Yo, school works out for them. They finish school. They, mm-hmm. go, they go and they get a job right after. Yeah, no, and they're, con- and they're, they're happy and they're content with their life and everything's going great. School is meant for people like that. <coughs> but school is not meant for people like us. And school is not meant to be shaped for people like us where it's like we don't know what we're good at. And as we go on in life, we're, we're going to pick up different hobbies and we're going to pick up habits along the way that will attribute later on to what we want to do. But we're mm-hmm. not we don't know that yet. That's true. And you know what? Like at 28 here, I can honestly say there are a lot of things that I've learned and done that I'm extremely grateful for. Because. Had I not done it. I don't know if I'd be where I am right now. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, like I used to film concerts. I used to film. F- I used to film for like huge events. So local artists like uh, J Rise, he used to perform, and I would I would uh, do the videography for it. But it was events like that that taught me the business world of how everything worked. Mm-hmm. So I would film it, and then I would message the manager and be like hey i have this footage of j rise from this event how much are you willing to pay and and i opened these doors where it was like whoa there's so much more i could do with my job there's so much more that i could do with this Mm -hmm. and then you go down and you take that road and then you meet certain people that allow for certain things to happen and certain things that you now start to do too See, this is what that road work is that school does not teach you. What school taught me, at least for me, was are you good at math? Are you good at English? Are you good at science? Because if you're good at one of these things, that's what you should do. Yep, that's true. Because in high school, I took a lot of STEM classes. So that's like um, science, technology. um, I forgot what the E stands for, but then it's mathematics. too. So they're like the major courses that you would take. And so I took a lot of those in grade 11 and... I realized none of them were for me, but I had some teachers that were like, you know, just keep going, you know, you'll be okay. You know, you just need to pass and maybe next year, you know, like you'll do better. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, no, no, I won't. And it was only after in grade 12, I switched different classes. And then, you know, I found my own personal interest in, you know, um, in taking, I, I took a lot of, food related classes that's you know and i started to you know see myself in this kind of you know career at the time and i had a lot of encouraging teachers i had three of them actually and they um you know miss popwell mr lem and uh miss hayberry you know they they you can come to school early and they would you know allow you to be in their class or during lunchtime go and have lunch with them you know they always encouraged us to have lunch with them because we Mm -hmm. could just sit there and just talk it's like you you know like we're able to relate to the teachers and they always push their students to pursue what they wanted to do and even during you know college and the many times i've you know failed at college i would go and see them sometimes and you know like they would ask me how how I am and I would be honest I'm like I'm not doing so great and they're like you know if it's something that you really want to do just do it mm-hmm. you know like don't ever be shy from it but but what school taught me and with what my parents told me it was so hard to break out of that mold yeah and okay, and I think it's starting to slowly change now you know mm-hmm. the way the school system is working the way these teachers are working is starting to change because mm-hmm. when I went back to school you know it was exactly like that it was like you got one path one path in life you're going to make sure that you get that job and that's the job that you're going to work for the rest of your life but now here we are as you know 28 29 year olds going through life and realizing 
yo, like, I love what I'm doing, but I don't love it. And then you have a whole dramatic career change. And then there you are striving in life again. Yeah. Like, you know, even in high school, they said, oh, you're like, if you're applying for, you know, university or college, you're only allowed to take a class twice. Mm -hmm. So that if you don't do well by the second time, they just pick it. They just pick the best one out of the two. But sometimes you're like, I want to go to this school. The only thing is that I'm lacking in math. And a lot of these programs require you to have a math. And they're like, I'm not good at math. That's the only thing that's holding me back. But if I even don't get a minimum, they won't even consider me because my math grade is too low. And so I feel bad for students that, I don't know if things have changed, but when but when I was in high school, that was the reality that if we didn't do well in the classes and at least do well the second time that was it for me like i wouldn't be able to repeat this class ever again and i might have never gone to school yeah to like the the school that i had applied to and you know like i think this is why i was so grateful for going through everything that i'd gone through was because eventually it led me up to this very moment Mm -hmm. you know I wasn't very heavy into photography. I did photography as for fun here and there, but it was when your baby sister was born that I really got heavy into it because I loved taking pictures of her. But it made me realize what kind of a photographer I was. I, I loved taking pictures of very natural moments. Nothing planned. It was just me capturing a very specific moment that was naturally done. Mm-hmm. And eventually that led me down to, you know, smartphone photography because I didn't want to carry a camera with me all the time when your sister was there. Mm -hmm. And look, these skill sets, they lead up to certain things in life, whether we know it now or whether we, you know, whether we use it or whether we don't. But these are things that we can appreciate. Mm -hmm. You know, like I went back, like I went back to, I went back to school for behavioral science. And, you know, I, you, you love certain things about it and then you hate certain things about it. Mm-hmm. But by the time that I had gone into behavioral science, I had already hit a mindset where it was like, yo, if I don't love it, I'm going to walk out of this and I'm going to continue pursuing what I want to pursue. And that's what I did. You know, I went in and I loved it for a little bit. But realizing that the school environment wasn't for me. I walked out and continued doing what I wanted to do, taking away what I learned from behavioral science. Mm-hmm. And now I use the the many skill sets that I've learned while going. Mm-hmm. And you know what, though? I, my experience was that everyone, because like, when you went to behavioral science, we went to the same school. I went to into healthcare. And everyone was so, like... I don't want to be rude, but everyone was so, like, um, catty. Like, they, like, I get it, you know, it's competitive, you know, to each their own. You, you, you got to work hard. You got to look out for yourself. But at the same time, like, do we really need to be, like, to each their own? Why can't we help each other out? Everyone was so, like. Because that's what, that's what like, school, you know what I mean? that's what school teaches you. That these jobs are super competitive and these workplaces are super competitive that if you help someone else, you're going to lose the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But this is why, you know, like I pursued what I wanted to so hard was because I hated that mentality and I wanted to be able to give people equal opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, like, but you like the collaboration side of, of working too, because it not only like, you're not only benefiting from each other but you you also find like great inspiration in helping others too for yourself i find inspiration from other people that are working hard at what they do but loving the idea of working with others mm-hmm. and it's the sharing same mindset. yeah and sharing their stories and their ideals with others right that's why the people that i that i hang out with or the people that i talk with are very, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like, they're very inspiring to me because, Mm -hmm. you know, people 
people that I'm with are very inclusive. They share pieces of their life. They're not they're not scared to you know, and even if they are scared to pursue certain things in their life, the fact that they've been able to push it to the limit and past that limit and see what's on the other side inspires me to do the same. Because mm-hmm. now like look, you know, I've said to you many times is that I've I've felt like my life was stunted at what, twenty six? Twenty five, twenty six? And uh, for years, I thought I was just doing the same shit. But here I am, you know, away from a toxic environment and now talking a lot more because of this podcast, talking a lot more with other people mm-hmm. that the mindset that I've had when I was in uh, college and out of college is coming back. This whole mindset of, yo, like I can push past certain things. I see this brick wall, but I can break it. I've done it before. I've seen other people do it. And these people, they inspire me. They're very close to me. So knowing that, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And it's great, you know, at at what, 28, turning 29, I see endless possibilities now. And I'm grateful for every, every piece of that journey that is attributed to right now. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is where, you know, like I like to say to people is just do what you love to do. You know, you could work your nine to five, but don't give up what you love to do. You know, like you could have a you you might like photography for like a month. Go hard at photography for that month. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, oh, you like, you know, like, for example, like the most outrageous thing that I've done to this day is learning a Rubik's Cube. And you you know how fixed I was on learning that Rubik's Cube. Yep. I was fixed on it for like, what, two, three months? Yeah, I think you spent, I went to summer school and you spent the entire time Yeah. while I was in class there for like almost seven to eight hours just playing with the Rubik's Cube. That, that literally was what you did the entire mm-hmm. time. And people ask me like, oh, what skill sets did you learn from that? Yo, let me tell you what I learned from a dumb Rubik's Cube. The persistence of a human being and thinking something like this is fucking impossible. Mm-hmm. And there I am now able to do it by muscle memory now. And, you know, like these are things that, yo, it's outrageous in the moment. But these skill sets lead you places and you just don't know it. Look, it started with a simple Rubik's Cube. And then learning, oh, the Rubik's Cube that you see at like Walmart, that's not the one you want. There are these there are these other ones that people use for competitions. That's the one you want. And then, okay, now I got that. Okay, now what? Then you learn about left prime and right prime. And you learn about, you know, all these te- uh, terminologies. And then as you as your fingers get used to it, your brain gets used to it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm doing it with my eyes closed. And now I'm able to cut corners. Now I can take out, oh, I don't, this step I can take out, this step I can take out because now I found a way to get past that. Mm-hmm. And look, now I can do a Rubik's Cube. And I always have a Rubik's Cube on my desk. Always, mm-hmm. always, always. Because that Rubik's Cube to me is a, is for me to remember that human persistence is that strong that if I want to do something I can do it nothing is going to stop me just like a Rubik's Cube it took me three months to learn and yo trust me I'm a slow learner I need to learn at my own pace I need to learn at you know the way I want to learn Mm -hmm. and I learned it and now I can do it but these are things that I have to do to remind myself that, yo, I'm a damn human. You're a human. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fall out of love with certain things. But do not forget the skill sets that you learned when you were in love with that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like falling in love with a girl or falling in love with a boy. Each girl and each boy that you fall in love with, you're going to take away something and you're going to lose something. Yep. And 
I'm grateful that, you know, if we wanted to continue with this analogy, I've always said is that I've, I've fallen in love with three girls in my lifetime. And each girl has given me something and taken something. But what they have taken, I'm extremely grateful for because it's shaped and molded me into this person. And when I mean taken, it's not in a bad way either. They've molded my story. They've molded my character. They've molded my personality. I am the person that I am today because these beautiful women in my life contributed and became a major factor in my life. And now we're all friends. And look, I'm married to one. <laughs> so, you know, this this mentality goes for your love life. This mentality goes for your career. This mentality goes for your life in general. Mm-hmm. Because in life, nothing is structured one way. Yep. Yo, fuck what school said. Fuck what your parents say. Because I'm going to just say it took my parents a long time for them to realize what I taught them today. Mm-hmm. That's true. If you want to live one way one and do one thing for the rest of your life, then go work a damn nine to five at a factory because that's what they do. Work a nine to five at a factory and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Because that's the thing that's going to be paying your bills. Mm-hmm. But if you want to mold and design this character, then you got to be able to willing, you got to be willing to make sacrifices and allow for those sacrifices to teach you certain things. Mold your character a certain way. You know, like, when I was in college and when I was in high school, I had never been a leader, ever. I was always a follower. I followed my friends. I followed orders. Whatever people told me to do, I would do it. No questions asked. I think that's why people, when your friends, your your college friends, when you reconnected, like, when you guys reconnected again, I think it surprised them that you became a leader and, and, and that you established something for yourself like yeah. this. And, yeah, like, look, at the end of the day, you can always tell me, oh, I'm a follower. Yo, let me tell you something. I was too. But one day you're going to get tired of not being heard. You're going to get tired of having your ideas thrown away. Mm-hmm. Of just constantly saying yes to whoever is telling you to do something. Yeah. Find yourself someone like I did, my mentors. My mentors taught me everything in my life. They taught me the realities of my life. They taught me values that I value to this very day. Mm-hmm. If I were to... The one piece of advice that I will never forget is from my BNS boss, Brandon. And I still call him boss because, damn, that guy's always going to be a boss to me. That guy is a damn leader forever and ever. He said to me, best quote ever, don't forget where you came from. You know why? Because where I came from involved all of them. That's why, what? I met them in 2013, 2014. It is almost... It is 2021. From that time to this time, I had never forgotten where I came from. The bloody hard work that I put into everything that I did. And every value, every moral, every ethic, every skill that I learned coming up. As you climb that ladder. Here, let me give you one of the analogies that I love using is. Life is like a ladder. But when you climb that ladder, it is it is just a wooden ladder. But as you climb up that ladder, every step has one stone. And you pick up every stone and you put it in your bag. And eventually, that bag is going to get extremely heavy. Mm-hmm. So what happens is your body starts to adapt. It starts to grow these muscles so that you can pick up that bag and keep going up. And trust me, it's going to get heavier. The ladder is going to look like it's going to break. But this is where you got to be smart. You got to understand that, okay, you know what? Life is hard. And there are going to be moments where do you just want to drop everything. 
you lose all the hard work that you, 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 you have. You want to drop all the stones that you picked up along the way. Or are you going to take your sweet time and enjoy every step while picking up those rocks? Allow for your muscles to adapt. Allow for you to adapt to your situation. And when you're comfortable, step again. That's how life is. Mm-hmm. It's just picking up stones and adapting to your situation. Learning from your situation. Learning and adapting these skills that's going to help you with your situation. The reason why, you know, like how I've been able to manage and I, 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 I want to equate this, right, is all of the everything that we had gone through within the last five years. You always ask me, how have you been able to just stay with me? Yeah, I, uh, I still question that. I honestly want to equate that to running my first company. Because the stress of having, what, 30 artists, dancers, singers, everything, and managing every single one, that was a lot harder than what dealing with your mom and your sister was like for me. Because these are people that are opinionated. These are kids that think they know what's right. These are kids that think they know the business. These are kids that do this, do that. So what's harder than kids that are opinionated? I had... 30 kids that were opinionated. Your mom is just one person and your sister is just another person. So it was just two compared to 30. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I was able to adapt because I learned these skill sets of patience. I learned these skill sets of, yo, like there's a certain way to do stuff. There's a certain way not to do things. And even with your mom and your sister, you know, yeah, I, I, I fucked up a couple of times here and there. But you learn to adapt and you learn to, okay, now you don't do this and you don't do that. But this is life. Life is about adaptation. Life is about enjoying every second of it and taking away every second of what you love doing. Let's say, let's say for example, like some kid likes playing video games. Yeah, there are great things that come from video games. But you got to be willing to adapt and allow for yourself to grow too, right? Mm-hmm. It, you can play video games, but are you doing anything else throughout the day? True. It's the same thing, right? Like working a nine to five, are you doing anything else other than the nine to five? Because if you're not and nothing changes, nothing in life will change. You can't expect for change to happen if you are not willing to change. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by this is like, for example, let's say you work a, let's say you work a, um, a McDonald's. Let's say you're a cashier at McDonald's. You know what? I'll even pull it back farther. Let's say you're the backroom cook at McDonald's. No interaction with customers. If you're not willing to grow and say, oh, I want to learn other skill sets, even even at this menial job, because that's what I did, right, was I went from cashier to cook to trainer, from trainer to manager, and People look at this as like, whatever, it's a menial job. But let me tell you something. If you stay, uh, if you stay as the backroom cook and you never go as a cashier, you, there is no interaction with the customer. Now, let's say you become a cashier and now you have those interactions and you learn how to interact with customers. Now you also learn patience because these customers sometimes are assholes. Mm-hmm. And I mean major assholes. This is McDonald's. These people are entitled to, they feel entitled and are going to scream at you. So you learn patience. And now let's say, for example, let's say you're going to school. And like for me, I went to school for film and I went to school for all this, right? Let's say you talk with a customer and this customer now, because now you've been a, a cashier for so long, you've gotten, you've gotten comfortable with starting conversations like this. So you start a conversation with the customer and that customer tells you, oh, I have a brother-in-law who, who, who works on film. Here, here's my business card. Contact me. See, this is what I mean is that one opportunity will lead to another opportunity. But are you willing to accept that opportunity? Are you willing to accept change? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to accept that even the menial things in life are willing to are able to teach you something in life? 
This is how life operates. This is how life works. People don't see it that way. You know, this is like for barbers and and hairdressers and and all that, right? Is yeah, you you might work in a mall, you might work in a in this thing, and you might be cutting hair. But one day someone's gonna come walking in, and that person's gonna know someone. And if you ain't doing your best cuts, yo, that person's gonna walk out and not tip you and not 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 give you opportunities. Mm-hmm. But now let's say you do your best cut for every single customer that comes in. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that this one person that comes in, not only does they not only do they tip well, but they give you an opportunity. They know someone. They're like, hey, how about you know, like you did such a good job. How about you do it for this person? Mm-hmm. It's always about like the interpersonal relationships in your workplace. Yeah. And then you know, for example, you know, like if for the you know the barber example, you know, and you're working on a customer, and that guy happens to be your next client and you know you get to know him you get to talk to him and not only did he get to see you interact with others he's also interacting with you something can happen like you said you know it's it's whether you see it as an opportunity or not here let me let me tell you guys a story okay this is a story that i heard from my mom and this is from my mom that happened to my mom and maybe you guys will start to change the way you guys see things right is my mom is a master a master uh, stylist at a hair salon, and you know this was way back before my mom was a master stylist. She's just random, like hairdresser, whatever. She was cutting a customer's hair, and the customer loved my mom's cut so much, and she loved interacting with my mom, because as a hairdresser, you got to interact with them. They're sitting in that chair for how long? Yeah. And this customer loved my mom so much that. During the conversation, I think my mom brought up that she wasn't, she had no idea how she was going to have Christmas because we were not in a good financial state. So this customer, after, tipped my mom, goes to the front desk, pays, and gives my mom a bigger tip. And the bigger tip was enough to buy food for us for Christmas and to buy presents for all of her kids. And this is a story that I carry on from my mom because when we think we're doing menial shit, it's not menial. It's not small. You got to love what you do. You got to put your heart and soul into everything that you do. If you're going to pick up garbage, pick up garbage with all of your fucking heart. Someone's going to see it. Someone's going to love you for it. And you never know what's going to happen. Because my mom thought, okay, it's just another cut. And how many customers come in for a cut? And there my mom is able to give her kids Christmas. It's that breath of fresh air that my mom finally got. Mm -hmm. That came from one person and her interactions with it. But these are skills that you learn and you continue to learn because every step of the way you learn something. And you got to be willing to adapt and take those skills and use those skills as well. My mom is an introvert. And I'm talking about my mom is hella introverted. Yeah, she is. But when it comes to her job, man, she can put on a face like no tomorrow. And you would never know, yeah, really. She can converse. She, she talks. But this is life. That's where I learned how to be like that, too. I'm hella introverted. But you know, too, is that, yo, when I stand up in front of people and I got to give speeches and I got to talk about, uh, you know, like motivating my artists and getting this, I'm fucking amazing at it. Putting up a good front, even though on the inside you're like, I'm like shaking to death. Your body is screaming yeah. for you to like stop. Like this is too much. Like they don't know how to, to handle it. But you would never know because on the outside you're just this calm, you smile, mm-hmm. you know, you make jokes and you you just become this the opposite of who you are at home and, and how i know you as mm-hmm. it, it's it's almost it's almost like freaky you know mm-hmm. when when i see you work and interact cuz i'm like that that doesn't seem like a like a very you thing to do mm-hmm. like let me let me tell you guys this too right is by now um, an episode of the podcast would have come out and it's with a good friend of mine, Justin, 
leading up to that interview, I'm so introverted. Even with a friend of mine, I'm introverted. <laughs> that I was having panic attacks, that I was stressed out, that I was worried. Yo, my body started to shut down because that's how stressed I was. But the moment the camera turns on and I'm ready, and here I am, like, conversing, no issues here, no issues there. I'm willing, to, uh, you know, we talking, we, we're buddy-buddy. And that's how I am, is that, yeah, if I don't have to put on this mask, I won't put it on. Like, having guests on this podcast makes gives me so much anxiety because I have to talk to them. I'm so used to just talking to you. That talking to other people gives me so much anxiety and so much, you know, it, it makes me like, it almost makes my whole body like shut down because that's how stressed I get. Mm-hmm. But the moment I'm on air with them, it's a whole different story. I'm a whole new character and you would have never known just because that's how I was raised. You would have never known because honestly, half the time when we talk, it's just you and I. Like yeah. we've so far, we've only had two guests, mm-hmm. like really, like that we've released, or like three guests. But no one would ever know because you know you sound so comfortable. But that's because you're talking to me. Like I spend pretty much twenty four seven with you. We live in the same house together. You know, yep. we work together, we eat together, we literally do everything together. Yep. So they would have never known. And and just to put it right is. The first guest was my sister, and I still had anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) I still have that much anxiety, and that's how it is for me. It's extremely hard for me because I suffer with this, but it's like I've always said is I will never let it eat me. I will never let it stop me from doing certain things that I love doing. Mm -hmm. And I love doing this podcast. I love conversing with people. We have a guest lineup. And yeah, looking at the guest lineup gives me so much anxiety. It gives me so much stress. But it also gives me this excitement that, ooh, I get to meet new people. I get to converse with these new people. Or I get to converse with old friends of mine that I've reached out that have contributed to my life. And now we get to talk about these stories and share them. Mm-hmm. But these come from skills that I've learned from years of practice. That's why I'm grateful for, even, like I always say, is I'm extremely grateful for McDonald's. No matter how shitty that job was, <laughs> no matter how shitty it was treated, I'm extremely grateful because McDonald's taught me the, all of my skill sets that got me up to this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like this is where I now tell people is, don't look at your menial jobs and don't look at your jobs at A&W's. Don't look at your job at McDonald's. Don't look at your job at like KFC KFC, as a hassle, as this and that. You yeah. got to look at it as opportunity to learn and, and see what the real world is like. Yep. They, I feel like when you work in jobs like that, you know, like the, the menial, you know, like minimal jobs, mm-hmm. they teach you more about life and about yourself, how you deal in certain situations, you know, better than school. Oh, yeah. Like, because if a customer comes back, you know, with food or, you know, an item and they're upset with about there's they're upset about the quality. How are you going to deal with it? That's when yep. your quick thinking, you know, your problem solving skills comes in and you start realizing, you know, oh, wow, I didn't know I was able to do this. I didn't know I was able to handle situations like this. So you i feel like we learn more about ourselves in these kind of jobs than anywhere else yes i can 100 percent agree with that because like if i were to give you an example right when you work at mcdonald's you're confronted with an issue the issue is right in front of you you can't run away it's right there you are the direct person that they have to deal with but in, in like now, if I were to relate it to myself, when I went to college, there was a stupid class called group dynamics. And I hated <laughs> that damn class. Whenever we had to do a group project, I would look at my overall mark and be like, how much am I going to lose off this? Okay, I'm not going to show up that day. That's how easy it was to ignore my problems from school because all you needed was a passing grade and that was it. And if that passing grade is a 55, boy, I tell you, I worked so hard just to get a 55. <laughs> Did you really? I worked that hard just to stay at a 55. So I would do certain projects that were like, oh, solo projects, then I would do it. 
But group projects, I I do the bare minimum just so that yo my group would give me like the bare minimum mark just so that I didn't have to come to the to the uh, presentation. And that's what I'm saying is like that's what school is. School doesn't reinforce these skill sets that uh, work does because when you're at work you get paid now. At that mm-hmm. point you get paid, and if you don't do your job you can get fired. Yeah. And when you get fired, and you ain't got no references for a new job. Mm-hmm. Unless you know what though is that, unless it was my workplace, when like at chat time because <laughs> you know it was so. Don't get me wrong. I had really good experiences. I learned a lot. But at the same time, I feel like working compared to like your working environment, it was very different because we didn't get to deal with like we dealt with customers. Okay. Taking their orders, all that stuff. But when it came to actual problem solving, if a customer came back and their their drinks weren't done right, we weren't even allowed to deal with it. Like the managers would like be you know peeping around the corner to see if anything happens and the minute anything happens they are right there and they try to solve it but it's like as workers wouldn't you want us to learn so that we can take the load off of you too yeah yeah you know and like not only is it you know it's to help us too and to help you just we didn't get certain you know i feel like we didn't get to learn certain experience but maybe that's just not that's just not all workplaces you know i don't think that's all workplaces because you know if from the jobs that I have worked, and I've worked quite a bit, right, is majority of them is, like, you solving your own problems before you go to a manager. And that that's most places. Is you solve the problem before you take it to a manager. At that point, what you are working in is an environment of micromanaging, where they micromanage every piece of that place. Mm-hmm. You know? They did. They really did. And in places sucks. like that, you can't grow. You don't learn anything. And this is why, you know, like, for me, I learned from all of my jobs. Like, for example, I used to work as a, a online bank teller. Mm. I suck at math. Even <laughs> my mom knows I suck at math. You know I suck at math. But when I got the job at an online bank teller, you became so good at math. I became an ext- I became very good at math because on the floor we weren't allowed to have our phones because uh, we worked in booths, and you weren't allowed to keep your phone because we worked with personal information. So. Uh, they were scared that you would take a picture of the personal information, like the bank numbers and everything. And so when we worked, everything was mental math. So it was like, oh, um, how much do I have on my bank? And we worked with a lot of like old clients. So they don't know how apps work. So they're calling in asking us, oh, how much do I have in my bank account? And then how much do I have? If I were to put this much in. But it wasn't small money though. These No, no, no. Like, it was huge amounts. Like you said, huge amounts. You said that to even open a, like a savings account or something like that. Yeah, with you them? needed a certain amount yep. to hit. Yeah. So these were like really like high profile and like in, in and These in were like short, rich, rich yeah, people rich that people. like, yo, like I guarantee they got like five cottages. Like way <laughs> too much money to spend. <laughs> but these are skills that you're faced with. And you learn from because when I worked in the bank, one of the things that I learned was mental math. And Mm -hmm. I never learned, not that I never learned it in school, but I never, I never cared for it in school. Mm -hmm. In school, you know, you just carry a damn calculator. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) I want to say this. okay, and I don't mean to be petty. Fuck you to all the teachers that said we would not carry calculators in our pockets because our phones became calculators and we carry that everywhere we go. <laughs> That's true, you know. Uh, they said that a lot in elementary school. Yeah. Too. I don't know about you, but like, you know how like... Because um, we would, I would get cussed out so much because I would use a calculator and they're like, you know, you're not going to have this on you all the time. Yeah, or like, it's like what I was going to say, like certain like units they would be like okay this entire unit there's no calculators mm-hmm. you have to do mental math and we're sitting there we're like no we're we're gonna be using calculators and their response was exactly like that you're not gonna carry a calculator wherever you go you need to learn this at the top of your head and i think that's why school was so miserable too was like it's like you said what do you mean we're not gonna carry calculators let me tell you okay i carry something called siri and google okay <laughs> <laughs> they do the math for me that's what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> I don't mean to be petty, but I just wanted to say that. 
But, you know, like at the end of the day, I learned so many skill sets. I learned a lot of these skill sets because of my jobs and the journey that I've gone through even during my career. Because during my career, it was like, oh, I'm a videographer for this company. But then I would do odd random jobs. And so it would be like, I'm just a video. I'm just a, I used to do um, just static uh, uh, tripod shots. And then my boss would be like, hey, I want more fun and inclusiveness. Oh, okay. I don't know how to do this. So you look it up. And you got to learn. Mm-hmm. Learn as you go. Yeah. And then let me tell you too is being a videographer and being a photographer are two extremely different things no matter how much you think they are the same because they are not. D- I had to different learn. different settings, right? And whatnot. Different settings, but it's just like the use of lighting in photography and the use of lighting in videography are two very different things too. And so you got to learn these things. And I had to learn how to be a photographer and a videographer. And then not only that, it was like, now I'm doing concerts. So not only do I not have specific lighting, I got to work with the lighting that they have. So what lens do I use? Mm -hmm. And eventually all these things ended up adding up. And then it added up to a point where, you know, my bosses, um, when I worked for BNS, they created events. And I got to see with my own eyes how the event started and how it ended. And I was like, wow, okay, so that's how an event works. But I got then I learned these skill sets from watching and, and adapting and being a part of it to creating my own events when I had my own company. Now I was the one creating events. Mm-hmm. And now look at it. Even now, I have an event coming up August 14th, an online concert. These are things that I've learned throughout my, throughout my uh, career. And yeah, maybe I haven't used them for like five, six years. But I'm still confident because I've seen how this stuff works. And I will continue to practice up until that time. Mm-hmm. But you, you have to... Have trust and faith in your own abilities and yeah. not someone else's ability. Never trust that other people are going to do the work for you. Mm-hmm. Trust that everything you do is a backup to what they are going to do and if it fails. That's how I've lived my entire career. Mm-hmm. And this is why, you know, if I'm stressed, I'm stressed because of my stress, not because of other people's stress. And this is something that, like, I say to people is... Learn to stress over your own stress, not other people's stress. So if other people fail to uh, do something, you are already accommodated for the failure of that person not doing something. Mm -hmm. That's how I've always done my work. And, you know, it's been very successful up to this moment. And eventually I'm going to have to learn how to outsource to, you know, other people. And I do want my company to grow a lot more than just what it is now. And eventually it will. And I know it will because, you know, what I have planned for my future doesn't stop here. Eventually, you know, I hope that um, my hobbies and my passions become a part of what I do mm-hmm. and a part of everything that I want. You know, I've said, I mentioned it a couple of times where I'm like, oh, I want to write a book. I hope that I do write a book and that the book does turn out to be a success. But as much as it is a success, I also want my words and and my journey to be able to motivate and inspire other people who are going through these kind of things in life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's meant to help people. Yeah. You know, that's what you want to do. So that if there is anybody that's going through something similar that you've gone through in life, they're able to, you know, relate and be like, wow, you know, like this person didn't give up. This person kept going. They kept pursuing and pushing on no matter what the odds were stacked against them. Mm -hmm. And these are things that you need to do in life. Continue to self-motivate and self-inspire so that when other people aren't there, to tell you that the skills that you have learned acquaint to something, mm-hmm. then, hey, you got it for yourself. Because everything that you go through in life, let it be, you know, um, an Uber driver, let it be working at McDonald's, working at chat time, all these skills lead up to something. 
Mm-hmm. And you need to understand that much. Yep. It's it's the social skills. It's the physical labor. It's all this. Mm-hmm. It leads up to something. Mm-hmm. Um. I think, as you can hear, the lawnmowers out there. <laughs> so, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Statues Podcast. Um, we hope that this episode you were able to take away some words of wisdom and and be inspired and motivated to continue to push past your your hardships yep your own your own walls you're going to hit walls in your life the the walls that you are hitting right now are not the only ones each wall that you hit will get thicker and wider and taller and every time you hit it you're going to feel like it's going to be impossible but remember that I'm not a firm believer in God, but I do believe that everything you do in life has a there is a reason why. Yeah. So believe in why you believe in why you know what you know and the skills that you have because it will help you. Mm-hmm. This is your host and co-host signing off. Thank you.